But yeah, she just starts doinking Ben, and I'm like, okay, all right, kitty girl. I'm getting mixed, I'm getting mixed, mixed singles here. You're like, he, I don't trust him, but he's in my bed. Like I don't. Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Miller, and with me today is Abby Williams, and we are talking about The Paris Apartment by Lucy Foley. When Abby mentioned she wanted to do The Paris Apartment, I was super excited because one, it has been a book that has been sitting on my shelf for far too long that I have not read yet. And two, I'm a big Lucy Foley fan. I read The Guest List and then quickly after that read The Hunting Party and was impressed by both books and really enjoyed both books. So when this book came up, I was very excited to start reading it and really dive into it with Abby. And our conversation leads us into nooks and crannies that we didn't think we would end up in. And as we talk more and more about the book, we realized that we really do nitpick these books and pick apart the plot and all the conflict. Uh, But at the end of the day, the experience of reading it is really all that matters. So was the experience of reading this book good? Was it bad? You'll just have to keep listening to find out. So as you're listening to this podcast, I do want you to remember that everyone has different tastes, but we hope this podcast is fun to listen to no matter how you like your books. And please, please, please hop onto our socials. Tell us what you think. Because I want to know if you agree, if you disagree, if you have a wildly different opinion, I want to hear it. So, without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. Well, Abby, welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you back. It's been a long time coming. Uh, as as we all know, October was a scheduling nightmare, um, so... Here we are. We are thriving. <laughs> we are. Welcome. Um, I am. I'm excited to talk to you about this book because I feel like we haven't talked about books in a freaking long time. It does feel like it's been a minute, and I'm excited because this is definitely different than our type, our usual type it of is. book. It is. Um, well, so let's get into it. We're talking about uh, the Paris Apartment by Lucy Foley. Uh, this is a book that I've had on my shelf for a very long time. So when you uh, when you had chosen this book for the spooky season, I was like, oh my God, I have this book and I have been meaning to read it. So I got very excited. <laughs> well, I'm happy I could help in that way. Yeah. I saw this book first on TikTok. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay, I might like that. And then, you know, your usual Sunday trip to Barnes & Noble, I just like went through all the books and I was like this one sounds interesting I think Jenna and I should read that for spooky season yes and spooky it was it was a fun it was a fun read um Mm -hmm. Lucy Foley so let's get into some quick facts because um she's actually a favorite author of mine I've read um two of her other books The Guest List and The Hunting Party um both of which are really good books I recommend them to a lot of people I recommend The Guest List to a lot of people just because I feel like it's she writes thrillers really well and she writes like this mystery multi pov type novel really well like that's her specialty um in paris apartment no different like it's um a great little thriller multi pov type book it was published in uh 2000 
I don't know why I was going to say that. 2022, <laughs> uh, 2022, um, it receives a it received a 3.7 out of five on Goodreads. It's a number one New York Times bestseller. It's all over TikTok, as Abby was saying. Um, it's Lucy Foley's just kind of like everywhere at this moment. I feel like uh, it's her time to shine. It's her time to shine. She's also kind of like mysterious when you google her like not a lot comes up about her she's a british author um like i said she is the author of other successful thrillers um like the guest list the hunting party and her debut novel the book of lost and found was published in early 2015 um a lot of her books have received like a 3.5 or higher on goodreads so people really enjoy her books and they like get a kick out of them and you know I don't think anyone has... She's just, like, a good, you-know-what-you're-getting kind of author. Right. Um, and so that's that's where we're at. So, The Paris Apartment. I had <laughs> described this book to many people, before I even read it, as, like, Taken, but instead of the daughter, it's the brother, and instead of the dad, it's the sister. <laughs> Way to spoil my pairings, Jenna. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> No, that's exactly what I was thinking of the entire time. I was like, okay, this mm-hmm. is taken. <laughs> it's taken. So you have you have the classic, like, uh, it's a gal going to visit. It's uh, her brother. They were both in the foster care system, but her brother ended up getting adopted by this rich family and kind of takes a different trajectory of his life. And she ends up being kind of passed around through the foster system and then is kind of struggling. She had just quit her job at this bar, at this, like, grungy kind of, I almost imagined it as, like, Margaritaville type, uh, like a dirty Margaritaville type bar. (laughs) Um, And uh, she's coming to stay with her brother who is in Paris um, and living in this really cool apartment. And she's like, I just need a fresh start. So she um, gets there quickly realizes her brother's not there he left his phone left his wallet and uh she starts this journey to try to figure out what happened to him quickly realizes that again spoiler alert i know you know this just want to reiterate (laughs) now's your time to quit we hope you come back great um this if quickly finds out that everyone living in this apartment is related so you have the mother um, you have who's like the quintessential Paris stere- like Parisian woman stereotype. Bob, super well put together, um, just looks expensive all the time, um, kind of mean. And then you have her husband, who's a wine collector. And we also realize a woman collector in a way. <laughs> yep. No, literally exactly what he is. Yep. Uh-huh. And then you have the children. So you have, is it Victor? Victoire. I thought it was like Antoine. Antoine, close. close <laughs> uh, uh, Antoine. Maybe I'm wrong. I no, you're right. He's Ant- my least favorite character, so we don't even learn his name. Yeah, Antoine, he's just like a raging alcoholic. Um, you have Mimi, who's the youngest, who's like trying to find herself. She's very nervous um, and just like insecure and a little artist type and then a little obsessive a little obsessive obsessive tendencies uh you have um nick who is this who is like ben uh jess's brother it's his friend from college from cambridge um and he's this like preppy dude 
So you have all these, and then you have the concierge, of course, who is in the front. Uh, she lives in this little hut in the front, and she makes sure she like knows all the comings and goings and everyone else who lives there. But you quickly realize that everything is not as it seems, as Jess starts to uncover what has happened. Uh, she realizes this family is running an underground, like, sex trafficking ring. Um, you have this, uh, you have Nick, who is a closeted, uh, not, I don't know if it's closeted gay man, bisexual, old man, whatever his preferences are, but he, um, ends up hooking up with, sorry, did I say Ben? I meant Nick. Um, ends up hooking up with Ben on this trip to Amsterdam. And so he's trying to hide that from his dad. Uh, so it's just like a whole fucking mess. Mimi is actually the concierge's daughter. Uh, that Granddaughter. Or granddaughter that um, the family has taken in as and has tried to pass off as their own. <laughs> it's a whole thing. And at the end, you find that Ben is alive, he is up in the attic, and that the person who was dead was actually the father, and Mimi killed him. Nice. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, the father, Mimi killed the father because he was trying to kill Nick. Mimi was obsessed with Nick, and so she's like, I have to go save him. He was trying to kill Nick, or sorry, Ben, God, all these, like, boy names. Uh, he was trying to kill Ben because Ben was trying to write a story about uh, the whole operation that was going on on the DL um, and he was getting too close to the truth and so um, yeah there's so like I'm just like my brain is like okay I have a connect there connect there like literally all of it I always love authors who can do things like this especially with the multiple POVs because oh my goodness I like like, even just us talking about can't keep Ben and Nick straight. Like, how the heck do you write a novel like this? I know. Well, okay. Going off of that, did you find this book, like, did you find it was confusing? Did you feel like you could follow the storylines pretty well? Like, what what was your initial thought while reading it? Yeah, so I, I think I could follow the story perfectly. Like, I, I think she organized it really, really great. Um the thing that I didn't like and I kept expecting to happen was like, for instance, Jess is running away from something in London. We know this from like the beginning of the book. Slowly but surely, you know, details are revealed. But nothing ever happens when she's in Paris. I kept thinking like, ah, they're going to come after her. And like nothing ever happens. So that was the one piece where like I just kept finding myself being like, okay, when is, when, when is this going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, it felt very um, like that part was really built up. And, like, she Mm -hmm. couldn't give her name to the police because she, like, stole this money and, like, just yeet it out of there. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be, like, a bigger reveal. But I was like, okay, like, she just stole some money. Like. Yeah. mm, Fine. After with all the other shit that's going on. (laughs) Well, exactly. It was so, like, I I think that's why I didn't like it. That was the one thing, like, literally the whole time I was reading it, there would be parts where I'm like, okay, when when's the douchebag going to show up that. Literally expose himself to her. When when's it gonna happen? Like Yeah. And it never does. Um but yeah, I think in terms of like actual um structure of the book, I could follow it pretty well. Um what do you have a differing opinion? Yeah, no, I thought I I, I thought I would followed it fine. 
Um, the problems that I had with, like, the structure of it was you get to the point where she learns that the people living in the apartment are all a family. And for me, like, that reveal was not, like, it was interesting, but I don't think with everything else that happens at the end, I'm like, I feel like we could have started with that and, like, yeah. been fine. Like, I feel like her digging into that was, like, she didn't, <laughs> almost like she didn't work hard enough for that reveal. For that reveal, yeah. So, I don't know. For me, I was like, that one fell a little flat, and then it just, it took up too many pages. So then um, it felt like Jess trying to, like, uncover things. Like, she's, like, the worst detective in the no, freaking world. No, literally, the, the worst. <laughs> like... She just gets nothing done, and she trusts no one, and it's, I don't know. I found that her character was so hard to like because of the way that every other character described her. Right. And Well, that's what was weird about, like, Nick, for instance, and that kind of goes back to, like, we don't know if he's bisexual or not because he almost kissed Jess, but it's actually just because she has the mannerisms of her brother, Ben, yeah. Um, but like the way they all describe her, like the only time that she even looked decent in the book is the time they got into the club. Yeah. And but like other than that, I'm like, you're kind of not great. And like, I'm sorry. I just giggled sometimes because I'm literally like, this is how horror movies do it. Like, oh, there's an underground passageway. Let's go into it. And then gets locked in the wine cellar, like Yes. You're an idiot. And you literally fell asleep in this apartment you heard someone's footsteps outside you're just gonna go back to sleep it's fine it's fine yeah uh, totally everything was so um predictable until until the ending but like everything was so predictable so it's like she gets um yeah the wine cellar part perfect example when she's up on the roof i was like they're gonna have to come back to this like her and nick are gonna be up on the roof at another point and they're gonna be like squaring off yeah, it happens. And then you have, like, a guy who hands her a drink, and she just drinks it. You're like, she's probably going to get roofied. She does. And you're like, like, everything that would happen to her, you're like, you, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's literally like your typical, you know, when you watch a horror movie and it's so bad that it's, like, funny. Yeah. There were certain times where I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, like, you're, you're making your own bed here. Like, you are choosing everything wrong. Yeah. It. yeah that I think that was hard because like let's be honest you don't like any of the characters the only character I actually liked was honestly Theo which is Ben's editor-in-chief who kind of helps Jess uncover all of this uh-huh. he was the only character I liked like the rest <laughs> of them sucked yeah yeah the character uh I did read like a Goodreads review where it was like the characters were so hard to like that it made liking this book hard um and I think that that, I don't know. I thought the mom was a very interesting character. Like, I thought her story was interesting, like, coming from being a woman who worked in that club and then, like, trying to have a kid to secure this marriage and then not being able to and then, like, almost... I I think you're right, and I really even think that the love she showed she or she had for Mimi had some you know made her a little bit more likable the thing that I don't get is so like 
to be fair, she is a stepmom to Nick and Antoine. So yeah. it's like not the same. Um, but yeah, she just starts doinking Ben and I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right. Get it, girl. I'm getting mixed, I'm getting mixed, mixed singles here. You're like, he, I don't trust him, but he's in my bed. Like, I don't. Yeah, that was complicated. I will. I, this just brought up another storyline that I still don't quite understand. So Antoine was blackmailing her. Yes. He was doing that out of his own volition, or his his dad was making him. No. So it was his because basically Antoine was getting divorced and she was trying to take half his money. Okay. And so he wanted extra money. So therefore he was blackmailing her saying, I know where you come from, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's kind of how that panned out. Okay. Because I was like, well, and then she, and then the dad dies and then like she takes his phone and pretends to be the dad. So I was like. Right. Right. And nothing really happened with that storyline, so I was like, okay, did are well, we good? Also, okay, okay. <laughs> so I will say my one of my favorite parts of this book, and it's so ironic, and I think that's why I like it, is that <laughs> the two sons carry out their dead father and don't even know it. <laughs> like they think it's Ben in there, and it's actually their father. I know that's totally screwed up, but I'm like, holy shit. Like, that's terrible. And then, like, when they're all up in the ed- the attic, like, basically facing off, like, wait, Ben's alive? The mom literally is just like, oh, yeah, that was your father in there. And both of the both the boys are just like. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, why would you not be, like, livid? And then be like, what the fuck, bro? Like, you made me, you made me, like, carry my dead father. Yeah, so yeah, and then like yeah, no, like it, it's all coming to like a head, and then you have just like Jesco, I just like, like we won't talk about Mimi, and if you just let us go, and it was just like okay, this bomb, don't talk about Mimi, let's go, move yeah. on, and then they just let her go, and I was like, what? <laughs> it's got to be and more think- complicated than that. And obviously, I think that was a big part of the story. Like, they, uh, Sophie and um, Ben needed to have that affair. Yeah. Because it just goes to show she also cared for him and knew he needed to get to the hospital. Yeah. But. That's true. I don't know. Yeah. I I think we're both, like, literally just, like, tug of war. Like, okay, we liked this, but no. This is so stupid. Yeah, I think, honestly, the book would have been... And I don't know how they would have done this. So, like, I understand the the reason. But, like, without Jess, <laughs> like, I think it would have been a more interesting story. If it's just kind of diving, like... I don't know, if Theo is kind of the reporter that gets tipped off with something. And then, like, maybe he's right. in contact with Ben, and then he's the one who starts to uncover things. Because I think, like, the addition of Jess kind of as an outsider, it, like, I don't know. It just seems like this family has a very mob mentality, and maybe this is because I'm, like, in the middle of watching, like, Get Gotti, which is, like, a mob <laughs> documentary but like I feel like they wouldn't 
have like invited her into their like apartment like they would have you know called the cops to get her out of there like they would have been like prove that you're ben's brother you know like it felt like right she but that's the that's the issue they could call the cops well they could i mean they had people in they had higher ups yeah right yeah i mean again it's it's one of those horror movie mentalities where it's like throw common sense out the window logic doesn't matter do the opposite like that's literally what this book was yeah yeah I just think like there this book was it was a fun read it was a thriller it was like fast-paced you you get through it very quickly but I think um what I I think it was like trying to do so much you have so many people in this narrative and then you're trying to have, like, this underground club. You're trying to have this, like, reporter. You're trying to have this affair. You're trying to have Mimi's, like, unraveling. And you are you have all these things that are happening. And I just think it's, like, too much going on at once. And I think why Lucy Foley's other books are so interesting and so good is they all take place over, like, one night or a couple nights. Which this one Whereas does. This- this one kind of does but like and it's all in one place it's all in like they're all secluded somewhere and so it's like there's not much for there's not many places that people can go or do or whatever but this i feel like with that many characters you're just adding in complications well we also need to talk about this because let's just make a list of all the freaking super heavy stuff that she talks about in this so obviously we have sex trafficking that's like a huge thing to unpack. And I think the one reason she probably wanted Jess is to to bring up that difference in like what your upbringing can do for your future. Mm-hmm. You know, like we saw Nick, like Nick was very privileged, but his dad was an a-hole and did all this not stuff. And it just like screwed him up. We got, a, we got Antoine as an absolutely raging alcoholic who's super abusive then we have Jess, who literally found her her mother dead at eight years old, then got put in foster care just like Ben, but Ben got lucky. So, like, she's talking about some pretty heavy stuff, you yeah. know? And um, I think that's one thing that probably really complicated the story, um, that maybe you didn't need that many layers in it. Like, I, I actually thought the sex trafficking stuff was interesting because I didn't see it coming. Yeah. I knew something shady was going on, but that's not what I thought it was going to be. So I think in that sense, like, you know, kind of <laughs> when you talk about things that, that heavy, you kind of got to pick and choose so you're not getting lost in the weeds, you know? Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think it's <laughs> it's almost like priest where you're like trying to be a just like a random smutty book and then you're all of a sudden throwing these heavy topics in and you're like nope you're like whoa whiplash (laughs) what was that yeah yeah I agree I think it's um oh god there was a thought I had and then it just absolutely disappeared out of my head oh no Oh, I remember. Um, (laughs) So, like, we talk about the characters, and they all have these very complex layers, and they're fascinating, they're interesting. Um, A lot of them are more evil than good. And then you have Ben, which is, like, this character almost made out to be this, like, angelic boy. He has done no wrong. I hate hate Ben. 
<laughs> like he had this affair with with Sophie and like will just go up to like her husband and act like nothing happened. Like he I don't know. But that was the thing. It was like this internal battle for everyone who knew Ben. <clears throat> they basically were like, okay, he is this angelic. Like, he can talk anyone into anything, right? But then there's always this, like, isn't that just like Ben to do what he, like, does just to get what he wants? You know what I mean? So it's almost, like, just manipulative. Yeah. And so I think there was this whole, like, everyone disliked him but couldn't really put their finger on why. They yeah. pretended to like him, but, like, didn't know, you know? Yeah, but it made it so, like, the the bad guys didn't like him because he was trying to, like, uncover what they were doing. And so it's like, he's this good guy trying to, like, you know, go after the truth. And then, like, Jess only could say, it. like, she, you know, she was like, well, he left me for this whole family. And I was like, that's a big issue. Like, why, <laughs> why did he go off? Like, I understand it's like a foster care system. There's probably a lot of complex layers. But I was like, there is a lot we're not talking about here. And then it's like, she's still holding him up in such a high regard. And you don't really learn enough about Ben and get those complex layers about Ben to care if he gets rescued. Like, I just thought he was dead. And I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. Well, I for sure just thought he was dead. (laughs) Like, the fact that he was alive, I was like, oh, okay. Um... I just have so many thoughts about Ben. I just don't... I don't know if Lucy Foley wanted me to like him or not. I I literally don't know. Because, to be fair, he's putting himself in a situation where he's going essentially undercover. Like, he needs everyone to like him. And yet every single character, literally every single one of them, including Nick, at some point was like, yeah, but something's just kind of like off you know what I mean yeah and so and like I would say oh it's just because he's undercover and he's trying to you know bullshit his way through this but then even Jess like from their childhood says says things like that like he he always gets off easy he can make anyone do what he wants so I feel like that then that's just his personality yeah. and I don't like that <laughs> and like yeah. even Theo Theo barely knows Ben and he's been working for him like yeah like, I don't know it just Rubs me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also thought, like, the thing in Amsterdam that they just kept referencing and they just kept referencing. I thought it was going to be, like, they killed a guy or, like... (laughs) Something like that, yeah. And then I was like, I get it. You made out. He gave you head in the middle of an alleyway. Like, cool. Yeah. I feel like things like that happen in Amsterdam all the time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think for me though was that was that also just revealing Nick, or Ben's character because like the entire time Nick is fearing that he's going to tell someone and again it's that kind of like oh I have this over you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I almost didn't feel that though. I almost feel like Ben was just kind of like <laughs> like it ben, happened. Ben's just this guy that's like hey, I'll do it with anyone. Like <laughs> he's just like I mean, he obviously will. So Like he's just like Hey, don't worry about it. We're all just like having fun here. We're just experiencing. Yeah. And See, I like guess that's the, what I was trying to figure out if it was like that or not. I don't think it was manipulative and I don't think like he was like on a cord. Like I think like Nick worked himself up into like this frenzy. Like um 
that he could just kept thinking like Ben was like all obsessed with that. But in Ben's mind, he was like, oh, this type of thing happens all the time. Like, whatever. Right. Um, but I, I mean, know. good point. Maybe. I mean, I think I think that entire situation was just a point more at the dad and how horrible he is. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. Uh, God, yeah. And he was like. I don't know. I think, like, him dying, him being the killer, or, like, this uh, suspected killer, like, wasn't, I don't know. Like, that part was kind of let a letdown. Like, I was, I was a little hoping... disappointed. I thought it was going to be Nick. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Nick, and then I was like, uh, but then I was like, oh, I bet you it's Mimi. Like, kind of later on, I was like, she's getting these obsessive tendencies. I bet you anything well... it's Mimi. And then she finds all the cutting, like the cuttings of yeah, of that was him. creepy. And then I was, I was like, like, maybe. But then she, I don't know. Also, can we can we just talk about that? Mimi is literally in the closet while her mother and her, like the love of her life, are literally having sex in like the bathroom right there, and they never talk about it. They never <laughs> not once talk about. It. Like I don't even think Sophie knows that her daughter is in love with Ben. No, she doesn't. There's so many things wrong. There's so many things. But like, to be fair, they're no, just like, an effed up family anyway. No, that's so what I was like, about to say. It's not wrong. It's just like so fucked up and you're just like, I'm here for it. <laughs> like the they're drama. They're just going to ignore it. They're just going to absolutely ignore it, I guess. Oh, God. But I don't know. Jenna, I, I have got to say, man, I it's so funny doing these with you because it's like I go into this not really having like thought about it very deeply and I'm like oh I enjoyed that book and then the more we dive into it I'm like oh my gosh this is a terrible book but that's like uh I know I I was like realizing that halfway through I'm like wow I'm really bagging on this book but honestly it was I personally really enjoyed it it. it was a really fun read like you dive into it because you're like oh let's talk about the plot holes and it's funny and it's wild but like the twists at the end were very all over the place. And I was for like, sure. I was in for, I was in it. I was like, I yeah. love this. You are taking me on turns that I did not think I was going to go. Cause at first I was like, I bet you it's Nick. And then I was like getting all angry. Cause I was like, God, like you foreshadowed this on the, on the roof. Like, holy fuck. And then like <laughs> when Ben's alive in the attic and Nick's like, what the fuck? Yeah, and I'm just like, Oh no, this is, this is different. This See, is I wanted fun. the attic scene to be like <laughs> a bloodbath. I don't know. Like, I wanted them to be like, oh, my God. Like, Ben's a lot. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, and there was also just so many things to work out. And then it was just kind of like a – like, okay, even the the newspaper article that d- did come out, freaking Antoine, sh- like, shot himself with a shotgun. And I'm just like <laughs> – Yeah. <laughs> aggressive and unnecessary like yeah there were there were a lot of things like I think they you know with that many characters you need to tie up all those loose ends and it kind of felt like she just kind of got to the end like she's gonna she's like oh imagine this huge reveal they find Ben in the attic and then didn't really think about what happens after that and then it right felt like you kind of phoned it in but um I don't know I overall I, we can get into final ratings, but yeah, I it was fine. It was fine. I, I really I enjoyed it. I read it fast. Um, 
And again, I always say this, but I, (laughs) you know, those books that you just struggle, you just struggle to even like get into. I I didn't have that issue. And I think for people who don't read, this would be a good book because it's like, okay, you can read, they're not really chapters, you know, but they're like, you know, one point of view to the next, to the next, to the next. So you can kind of divide it easier, if that makes sense. Yes, I think, um. I think that's a very, very good point. So, like, okay, let's just get into final ratings because this, this, uh, this is like part of my review. Um, okay. <laughs> so, final ratings. I gave it a three point five out of five. Um, I thought the twists were super fun. The characters were interesting. They were a little complicated and a little hard to follow at times, but overall, like, fun mix of characters it was a fun plot line you're very much like all over the place and you kind of just getting you're along for the ride I think I read this book in like two days it was really easy fun sat down was able to read it fast and it was great it was fun I think for anyone looking I think Lucy Foley is a really good author for this I actually recommended it for my husband Casey like he wanted a fiction book that he could like easily get into and so I gave him the guest list because her books are just like you're hooked right off the bat there's always something that happens right off the bat and it's a mystery it's fun there's a lot of characters so you're just like having a lot of fun with it um so if you're looking for like a thriller that is maybe not the most well thought out um there's a lot of things that have questions and there's a lot of answers that you don't get but it's a fun read you don't expect the ending and you're just like along for the ride I think it's a good one it's a good one to like recommend to someone if you're like are you in a reading rut here's a good one to get you out of it here's a good one totally agree um I gave it a I actually liked it I think a little more than you I got I gave it a 3.8 and um I always have to take what we say with a grain of salt because you and I are literally diving into this book, overthinking every (laughs) single detail of it. Now, for our normal readers out there who will not be doing this, (laughs) I actually think, like, if you don't think too hard about it, this book is actually really, really good. Like, you do get most of your questions answered. You know who you like and don't like. You, like, know who the killer is. All all of that. So I think if you're not going to overthink it, (laughs) most people will really, really enjoy this book. Don't think too hard about it or else then you'll be like, okay, there's a hole, there's a hole, there's a hole. Um, But yeah, in terms, again, Jenna, we know this. I'm a character development gal. I I really liked uh, how developed the characters were. Did I like all the characters? Obviously no, but I don't think I was supposed to. Um, Yeah, I read this super fast. Again, like I read the majority of it and just like sat down and just read it straight through and I think most people could probably do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I'm not a suspense girly. Like, I'm just not. I don't like to be spooked. I don't like any of that. And, like, this was a, a, a good fine line. Like, I was like, okay, I'm not too scared. Like, I could read it before bed and not, like, feel like I'm going to have nightmares. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a good little suspense thriller type. Yeah. Love it. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, well, let's get into pairings. Uh, we've kind of already preluded a few of them as we've been talking, but um, this is where we pick drinks, uh, TV shows, movies, other books that might pair well with today's book. So let's get into it. pairings for the Paris apartment. In terms of drink, 
Um, I feel like there's only one drink out there for this book, but maybe, maybe not. But in a very expensive bottle of red wine. Okay, period. <laughs> I literally Googled it. I was like, most expensive type. <laughs> I was like, literally, that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, mine just, I don't even have a specific one. I was like, the type. Well, I can't pronounce any of them. So we're going to go with just red wine. <laughs> just a dusty, expensive a dusty, old, expensive bottle of red wine. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. The dustier, the better. Uh, quick side note that I'll probably cut, uh, but for your ears, uh, the, my dad used to work at this like very fine dining restaurant and he, um, like they had the dusty old bottles of wine and he said that there was like a kid on his first day and he like came in and he started to clean them. And oh, the no. chef was like, what? and he was like this really like hot headed Frenchman. And he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and, oh my God. He was like dusting them off and they were like, like, sorry, I'm just doing my job. Yeah, he was, like, <laughs> Cause they were all just like, oh my God, just started dusting these like vintage bottles of red yeah. wine. Anyways. Um, well, lesson learned. Lesson never, learned. never touch a, touch a dusty. Yeah. No, let it, let it dust. Let it dust. Let it dust. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the only time aging is good you know what I mean <laughs> exactly well tv shows um I wonder if we're gonna choose the same one mine uh was only murders in the building <laughs> uh, I think we're gonna have like the exact same pairings bro oh no no but that's literally what this yeah this, you can't not it's the obvious choice it's literally the obvious choice except for instead of like three people being banned in it together it's like Jess with like people that she thinks are on her side and they're not <laughs> yeah but but like you know murder in the building so. murder in the building <laughs> yeah period that's what it yeah. is um okay uh book <laughs> I did I did the guest list uh okay okay we, we do okay, have different okay good uh I did the guest list because I um it's, again, a very similar vibe in terms of there's a bunch of people and they're at this remote wedding at this remote place and then each of them start uncovering secrets and they're all friends and they're all family members and they're all starting to uncover secrets about each other and then it leads to this very climactic ending. Um, and so it's, again, she does this very well of having a cast of characters and being able to develop each one in a very... Uh, succinct way and you like you end up knowing a lot about these characters um even though it's like it's not a super long book and it's not a super complicated book but she does a good job at like really building out these characters so if you're looking for a similar book like this one if you liked this if you like the twist and turns I would recommend reading any of her other books so guest list hunting party anything like that um so this was my first Lucy Foley book um, but at, like from literally like the first couple pages, it screamed Agatha Christie to me. Oh, yeah. So yeah, this literally, I couldn't stop thinking of murder on the Orient Express. I thought all of them freaking did it. Like they were like, they all, they all, they all killed her, like, or killed him. I was like, it was a team effort. Um, so yeah, definitely same vibes where you're like trying to figure out who committed the murder. And all of them kind of do play a part somehow. Uh, you just don't know how. So, yeah. I think, honestly, any Agatha Christie book would probably be a good pairing for this. That was a good one. 
Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, movie. <laughs> okay, well, well taken. we already, yeah, guys, this, I think they don't even need to turn this into a movie because it basically, Liam Nielsen got you covered. Like, yeah. he just takes on the role of Jess. It's fine. Yeah, he already did it. He already called, yeah. caught the bad guys, so. Like, literally involves sex trafficking, like, all, like. A Paris yeah, apartment. It, a pair exactly so so there you go <laughs> easy <laughs> that is the pairing well that was easy because <laughs> we apparently have the same taste in everything um, yeah literally we already knew this though <laughs> we did already know this this is why we're grateful for people like rebecca and literally everyone who has different opinions yes. than us yes or else we'd be reading the exact same books and pairing the exact same things <laughs> at all times yes well Abby, that is uh, that is the Paris apartment, Lucy Foley. I'm glad that I was here to witness your first Lucy Foley book, um, and this was fun. Like I said, like Abby was saying, we dissect these books with a fine tooth comb, and books that do not need to be dissected with a fine tooth comb. No, it's a fun read. Have a good time. Don't take it too seriously. Um, I would say we both gave it pretty high ratings. Yes, like compared to some of what we've done so yes it's one of the better uh books i've i you know i've read on the podcast so please go read it uh and until next time cheers cheers Boom. well that's the show thanks so much for listening if you liked it please go give it five stars on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you're listening to this episode right now if you want more book related content you can find us on instagram and tiktok at rw reads podcast again that's at rw r-e-a-d-s p-o-d-c-a-s-t that's at rw reads podcast on instagram and tiktok until next week keep your books open and your drink glasses full thanks all This episode is a JB Media production produced and edited by Jenna Weston.